Hey everyone, it's me. Welcome to We The Gamer Cast. It's brought to you by all of our producers over at patreon.com slash makeusbetter, like our platinum executive producers, Corey Hicks at twitch.tv slash chicks underscore 18, and Mr. Mark Moody at youtube.com slash out of lives. Our gold executive producers, Meg BC from Quest for Pixels and Panache Malloy, and all of our amazing executive producers, Tony Hutchinson, Donnie Reese, Stephen Iafredi, Joey Splats, Carol Underwood, Dante Bellini Jr., Jared Gautier, Dude427, Kevin Austin, Josh Bloodborne Borboni, Tammy Ryan, Robert Miller, Tim Alf, Martini Jean, David Ray, Jesse Armstrong. Thank you guys so much. When you support us at patreon.com slash make us better, you're supporting me in four ways. We the gamer cast, twitch.tv slash Sean Capri, if we ran Nintendo with Bobby and Jason, and the Xbox Drive with Luke Lord. Now, on to the show. Sean Capri, and welcome to episode 168 of We The Gamer Cast. It comes to you on iTunes, Google Podcasts every single Monday. Also, YouTube.com slash WeTheNerdy. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for hitting the like button, leaving a comment, and sharing, retweeting. Guys, if you're new, here's the deal. Every week, I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet. And if you want to be on the show, it's so easy. You just tweeted me, at Sean Capri. Sean like Connery Capri like the pants. I wanted to make things a little different. I hope this is okay with you guys, but I tried something out a little a little different. I wanted to throw all the Patreon stuff at the start because I felt like I was kind of like rushing through this section and I don't like, I mean, not that I want to really make this a lot longer, but I felt like I had to kind of race through that part. I didn't feel like I was really giving that the attention it deserved. And then I kind of had to like race through this part and you guys need to know how to be on the show. It's easy. Twitter me, Sean Capri, Sean like Connor Capri, like the pants, all that stuff. I, I was like, I was trying to figure out like what parts could stay, what parts could go. And I'm like, if I just move, the patreon stuff to the start then you hear it first and foremost those guys at the top of the show and then we can do this we can have a little chat we can have a little we can talk back and forth um also i it's funny i was just hitting record on that part and i accidentally hit start streaming instead of start recording on on obs so i don't know if twitch just lit up for a second uh, but it's possible so in case you guys are watching or listening to this on monday and you're like what was that weird thing that happened on on sunday with with the twitch that was it now you know. Um, guys, the show continues to rock and I am so grateful for you being here and continuing on. And this is the today is a great example of women kicking ass on this show. Seriously, come come on guys. Like let's let's uh bring everybody on to We the Gamer Cast. Uh, I, I think we're gonna maybe break a record. This may be the most women on a non-woman, like women in gaming type of, of show. We're gonna we're gonna kill it, guys. I, I have a great guest for you, Miranda Carvel, uh coming up very, very shortly. I wanna give a couple quick shout outs. Uh one to Edwin Garcia, amazing episode last week. If you guys missed it, it was all about how music changed the course of his life. And I just thought it was a a great story, great conversation, and Edwin is uh a great friend, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I was on the trophy room last week with uh, the the PlayStation podcast made po- by the players for the players. Rate five stars, like, subscribe, share. Joe, you got that nailed down, man. That's kind of hard to kind of hard to say. So we we did that over at Twitch.tv slash Sean Capri live, which was so much fun. Uh, just wanted to help out with a little technical difficulties happening over in the trophy room, but that's okay. What else is new in the PSN, right, Joe? So guys, check that out. And this weekend. Coming up, this coming. Do you guys say this weekend, meaning like the next coming Saturday, or do you say like next Saturday? Leave a comment below. I say this coming weekend. 
I will be live with, well, live in person, live to tape with Ryan Turford, Drew McMillan, Brock McLaughlin for the freaking Game Moves podcast. I'm going to Toronto. We're going to sit in the same room. We're going to touch each other, like, gently, and uh, be in the same proximity. We're going to smell each other's musks and possibly even record a podcast. So stay tuned for that. Follow me on Twitter, and I will, of course, be sharing it there. Um, a couple things that happened, I think, since the last time we talked. Was I Twitch affiliate last week? If I wasn't, um, since then, I think, I think I was last week, but since then, um, I got my first couple subs. That's amazing. Uh, got a couple donations. Also amazing. So needless to say, I am making my plans to quit my job. <laughs> We're going to make a run at those guys. So thank you everybody for showing up. It's great. If you haven't noticed Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at about 830 mountain time or 1030 Eastern standard time, uh, is when we're going live. I might even do a little destiny this week. I, I don't know why every now and then somebody mentions destiny. I'm like, I kind of just want to kind of just want to play a little destiny, but I've got, um, kingdom hearts still on the go. I don't know if I'm going to continue streaming Octopath, but you guys let me know in the comments if you want it. Like, let me know. Tweet at me what you guys want to see. I'm up for anything, but I was thinking about Octopath maybe just being my uh, my toilet game. You know what I mean? Or like bedtime game or something like that. I don't know, necessarily know if it's the best for streaming, but you guys let me know. I'm Again, I just want to make it the best product and, and content for you guys. Um, really quickly, but um, there's really no smooth way to transition to this today is sunday august 26th and earlier today i learned of a horrific shooting in florida and i wanted to offer my thoughts and prayers to the families affected but more than that i just wanted to remind everybody like let's let's all keep positive stay together gamers are are an amazing group so i just i just hate that a moment of i think it was frustration a moment of really bad decision making is was so needless and so permanent and it just it breaks my heart man so i just uh lincoln is sleeping if you guys i can i can show you guys on the, on the thing here lincoln is sleeping right now but i just put him to bed and i gotta say i i took a i took a little longer than normal i get it you know just enjoyed that um moment as much as i could and i encourage everybody to whatever it is whether it's a baby or life or house or whatever um that's why it's so important for us to take a moment be grateful for everything because who the hell knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So my three things, we haven't done this in a little while, guys. My three things I'm grateful for. Number one, my parents, uh, which is maybe, um, maybe a no brainer, I guess, but particularly this weekend, they were helping Chelsea and I out and just really grateful that they, that they're here. You know what I mean? So grateful for my parents, grateful for my make us brother, uh, make us better brothers and sisters, make us brothers. Um, I, we had a meeting yesterday. We're, we're meeting once a month, guys. I don't know, a little inside baseball, but the whole group meets once a month just to try and make sure that, uh, we're up to speed with each other's content and make this the best Patreon on the freaking internet. So I'm grateful for all you guys and girls. Well, it was really just guys on the call, but you know, Kara's in there too. Anyway, uh, and, and of course I mentioned Lincoln already. My third thing is I'm, I'm grateful for, uh, Lincoln and how he sleeps. He sleeps a ton and it almost scares me because, um, the new baby's coming in and she's not going to sleep a ton. So grateful for that while I've got it. And with that, with that said, with that, all that out of the way, second shout out to Joseph in this intro. Guys, why don't we get right into it? This is a amazing conversation. We're going to cover everything from parenting to divinity, original sin, to gears of war, <laughs> to nutrition. Here she is, Miranda Carvel. Follow her on Twitter. Oh yeah, at Hotel Queen, Miranda Carvel. <laughs>
I just realized I was driving home yesterday and like I'm usually listening to as many podcasts as I can possibly like consume but I'm like I haven't listened to anything in forever and I just cranked up the tunes I was singing on the way home from work and everything like I haven't done this just a nice release just to have like a little music in your life it felt nice good for you it's fun and it's like it's physically good for your health I'm a natural healthcare practitioner and it's uh it's stimulates your vagal nerve it's in charge of everything i don't even know what that means and i did want (laughs) to i did want to ask you about that actually so i guess i suppose we can maybe just like dive right into that like how do you that that seems like a a path that you kind of have to decide on pretty early or is this something that came on a little later in life for you how did that how did that all work out no, that's a second career for me. And um, a lot of us who work in healthcare kind of have a have a journey or a story of what, what brought us there. So um, really, I mean, I've always had lived, I think, a healthy lifestyle and right. had that interest, but um, it was my own like personal health challenges. So I was learning more and I felt like I was getting like a degree from Amazon, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, that led me sort of down that um, that career switch, that career mm-hmm. path. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, that was almost ten years ago, I guess. Now that all of that started, um, yeah. so yeah, myself, my daughter, we have autoimmune disease, and in looking for our own answers, kind of led us led me down uh, that path. And you'll find that a lot of people who work, at least in the natural healthcare, mm-hmm. uh, like in wellness, have a bit of a story of what right. brought them there. <laughs> Well, and I, I've talked to obviously my own um, therapist, but I've known many other therapists or people who've gone into the mental health region too. And they like, they had their own, I wouldn't even necessarily say demons, but questions of themselves or self discoveries and reflections. That they're like, you know what? I kind of want to just study up on this. And I guess it, I don't know if the two are correlated that that type of mind that is maybe overactive in that way wants to know more so that it leads you down into that path to, to help others. Um, so I've always been very interested in what leads people down the path whether it's some sort of like genetics or it's the whole like nature versus nurture thing like i i followed my dad a lot too like i i ended up in charities like in in fundraising and i never thought that that was like i went to school for marketing i went to school like to be not that kind of thing and and i still found myself (laughs) those things can coexist though they're not mutually exclusive as i've as i've discovered which is which is incredible but um, you mentioned your kids. You have you have a whole a whole like farm of kids. I got a pile. Let me let me get my abacus. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got four four kids. Yeah. So uh, it's funny you say abacus too because Lincoln is sleeping upstairs. Thank you for working around nap time today. So this is oh yeah, this is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. He um he actually fell asleep um unexpectedly. We were just sitting down for just for a quick second. And I'm like he's feeling really heavy, and you kind of try and. <laughs> bend around to kind of see if he's is he awake and yeah no he was he was totally asleep so tell me about can you can you can you do you talk about your kids tell me about your 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 four kids yeah absolutely um so i have three boys and a girl and they are nine eleven sixteen and nineteen oh wow um yeah yeah so i've got two two are bigger than me now which is a weird thing i mean Mm -hmm. i'm only five two it's not a stretch but (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i've been through a few ages and stages and it's really cool to have um, older kids who are, well, like my oldest is an adult and the second one's pretty much there, mm-hmm. um, to have kids who are like fun to hang with and do things with and like the same things that you like, like no surprise, they're all huge nerds. Are they really? Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. They got like the genetic double whammy. That's, <laughs> oh, that's, that's, I'm, that's very encouraging. Sorry about your parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Best time for that though. It's very, it was different like back in the day where it's like, it didn't really want to be a nerd. Now it's like, you know, that's, we're kind of taking over the planet. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, it's fun. Like, you know, That's all sweet. stages are fun and there's nothing like, like, give me a baby any day of the week, that, that sweet baby <laughs> stage. But you know, when they're, when they're old enough to, um, you know, to play like the more complex board games, like we like tabletop, we like video games, we like D and D, we like all the things, oh, right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so actually my 16 year old's an amazing dungeon master. He's in a D and D club at school, which is pretty cool. Um, That's so you ever heard. Oh, right. It's like the whole the best part of parenting is having people to play with all the time. Like mm-hmm. I never have to worry about who I'm going to go see the new Avengers movie with or mm-hmm. <laughs> anything like that. Like it's a, it's a amazing. So, yeah, it's cool. Like it's, you know, younger kids are fun for sure. But to have like adult kids who can go places with you and do things mm-hmm. and like the same stuff you like or can teach you things like they go down their own little niches. Right. Um, different parts of geek culture. And then mm-hmm. they can they can educate me. What's what's the most surprising little niche that sort of like popped up that didn't, you didn't expect either expect them to do or that maybe you didn't expect to even take a liking to when they showed it to you? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I mean, they introduced me to games and things sometimes. Um, but, you know, for that age, like everything that they um, their entertainment and everything they learn about all kind of comes from YouTube. Right. So right. I go on YouTube. What do I look for? I look for either like something very specific or clips of TV shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to them, all media is equal because right. they didn't grow up with cable television or anything. Um, so, I mean, we were just having a riot last night watching this YouTube channel of this uh, young teenager guy who builds robots and stuff out of like garbage, like out of, out of nothing. And uh, they're a little more, um, they have a little bit more of like that engineer brain. My 16 year old wants to be an engineer for sure. That's not my flavor of nerd for sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we're watching these YouTube videos. This guy built this, this robot out of like a CD player and a connect and literally stuff from the recycling bin that tracks your, it's got facial recognition. Yeah. And when your eyes close, it squirts energy drink in your mouth. What? <laughs> right. But they want to know like how it works. Like they're going right. to deconstruct shit out of this. Oh, sorry. Do we swear yeah. on this podcast? I think, I don't know if shit counts as a swear, really. Okay. Good. <laughs> I think that's okay. But they just want to know how everything works. They want to take things apart. My oldest loves to buy stuff at, value village like i don't even know how many old 80s clock radios he has that he then like he likes to take them apart he likes to reprogram things Mm -hmm. you know they're it's it's neat to to kind of learn they're very sciencey whereas i'm more like fantasy yeah (laughs) yeah so what do you like okay what's this i have so many questions because you have such a like your kids are all over the place like between 9 and 19 is is crazy um so Gosh, what are you doing to like kind of cultivate that? Is it is there any like one thing that you do or is it just essentially just whatever you guys want to do, we'll just make it happen. I'm always curious of like the cultivation, whether it's creativity or science or whatever the kids sure, are, are for passionate sure. about. I mean, I mean, like like you were saying, like some of it is exposure, like what just what you're exposed to, like you learn right. certain things from your parents and they learn certain things from us, I'm sure. Um, but then they they discover their own things too, like um my 19 year old's very musical. He's got a, he's got an ear. He was never in lessons or anything like that. I mean, mm. that, that's not me for sure. And he <laughs> learned how to play piano from YouTube, right? Wow. Like he plays like classical music. He plays mostly video game scores, like Elder Scrolls and all of those. And mm-hmm. he's all self-taught from YouTube. Um, so obviously, absolutely like nurture that, get him the gear, um, give him the time and the space to, to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, some of it is what, what they're exposed to and like they grew up obviously playing like 
family game nights and and things like that and having that be our regular other people sit around the tv you know we play we look for like games that everybody can play video games board games whatever that is Mm -hmm. um but then they find their own little things that they're into as well right this is this has got to be like the most wholesome thing i think i've ever discussed (laughs) on, on this show this is this is incredible um what kind of the kind of like tabletop games are you guys playing? Because I've always like we're gonna. My parents are coming over this this evening actually, and um, we've been dying to play a little Catan. Like it's it's so mainstream. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's a little embarrassing even to bring up, but I'm always curious like what else people have got on their on their shelves uh, to break out and for tabletop. Yeah, so I mean, we I have like some of the more like hardcore board games, the kind that take a while to set up and a while to go through. But then I have some that are, uh, you know, like a step above checkers but that mm-hmm. other people can play as well um um when we have company over that aren't like super big gamers we like love letters Have you ever played that no oh it's a really sweet little game that anybody can play like kids can play it because you're only managing like one card at a time um it's very inexpensive and it's um it's played with cards and you have one card at a time and it's got a cute little story about it about how you're a suitor you're trying to woo the queen or the princess um and the goal is just to get you're trying to get your love letter to her through like the court jester and the handmaidens and all the different people in the court and they're just cards and they have numbers on them so it's really easy so Mm -hmm. you're just trying to hold on to the highest number card is all you're trying to do i love it um and so it's super simple but the cards are beautiful and it has this nice little story Mm -hmm. and you just play around can take like three minutes and you get a token and you can just play to three tokens or five tokens or or whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to be able to read, right? Um, just like uh, Carcassonne is a great one. Like my kids were playing Carcassonne when they were like three and four. There's I've no never reading, heard of it. Right? I think I said, I, I have no, I, I'm so no? ridiculous. No, oh. I've never heard of this. this is a thing. Hey, I'm, I'm, but I'm not... writing these down because I'm like, these are, this is going to eventually replace all this garbage behind me. I'm going to have to actually have like <laughs> garbage. useful Touch games. Your mouth. Look at that I mean, they're fun toys when they, yeah. t- they just take up space. But like, this is, this sounds amazing. This is like, because I remember growing up and like Sunday nights were perfect, right? You'd have like uh, there was Disney afternoons on Saturdays, and then on Sundays there was like Darkwing Duck, and there's always like time around Simpsons and things like that. And those were like just it's not even the specific memory really of any one night. It was just like that was the thing that you did, and um, I just love that this is the household that your that your kids are growing up in. So I, I always just try to take like little tips wherever I can kind of get. I'm like, ah, oh, that's a little something I'll I'll, I'll bank in my brain. Yeah, I know I know Chelsea like that as well. Right, and just sitting around the TV. Like, not that we never watch TV. We love to watch movies and things, but you know, to do something where you're interacting and mm-hmm. having fun, you know, or something that uh, especially games that have a more of a collaborative nature, like for the younger kids with video games like games like like Minecraft right mm-hmm. where they're building and creating working together and not trying to beat each other it's a nice dynamic as well i mean we like to beat each other too i love but, that <laughs> it's got to be a win yeah yeah, I played when always. <laughs> I'm curious how like how you approach the um, the mixture of like training almost like where YouTube like you almost get like a YouTube university degree kind of thing uh, versus maybe some of the more traditional style of like textbooks and and schooling. Like how does that work with your kids, especially across their their different ages, where it's probably a little bit more heavily influential uh, with the younger ages? Maybe at 19, I'm not sure. Maybe those kids are still like mostly internet kids like how do you how how are kids minds adapting to the change in how they're being educated and trained I guess is my question so it's really interesting to see the difference between schools when 
my oldest started, which would have been like 2003. Right. And even schools like now with the younger two. So with the younger two who are currently nine and 11, so they're going into grades four and grade six. Yes. Um, they <laughs> are started. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Um, <laughs> grade two, they get their Google account um, mm-hmm. at school. They have Chromebooks. Um, so like every wow. kid's got a Chromebook. They get make their Google account. They learn about things like obviously like privacy and security and they start with making their avatars, but they do everything like everything online, right? Yeah. So if my son like in the second or third grade has to do a project, he's doing it in Google Slides and then just sharing it with his teacher so his teacher can look at it, right? Wow. And so he works at school, everything's on Google Drive. Mm-hmm. He works at school on it. He's like, oh, I need to work on my project at home. He just grabs my computer and logs into his G Drive and he picks it up where he left off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas my older ones, like I had to teach them, especially my oldest going into, co- when he went into college, like we're gonna set you up with Evernote and here's how you use mm-hmm. it. But it wasn't all second nature as much as he uses um, the internet for research, right. right? And they teach media literacy and those are conversations that we have or you know, on an ongoing basis too about mm-hmm. where are good places to learn from and you know, how to, um, how to vet sites and things like that. But it's, it's really interesting to see just the way things have changed. And it's in only a 10 year period of time. No like, kidding. yeah, it's, uh, it's really, it's interesting, really interesting. So how have you prepped? And I, and I, maybe even if, if you're able to do this sort of compare to other parents, cause I, I just feel like there's some, like I'm stuck in music. Like I am having a really hard time to pick up, like, what are the kids listening to these days? And how do I, like, I want to listen to the new stuff. And I'm like, golly, it just doesn't make me feel like the old stuff does, you know? So when it comes to getting in with your kids and how they're learning, you got to be kind of like in touch, as you mentioned, like you can actually teach them a thing or two about Google docs or Evernote or whatever it is, like the tools that are available to you. So yeah. like, what was it? Is it just your innate, like geekdom? that sort of led you to to know those things ahead of time versus maybe other parents are kind of like, I've kind of ignored tech this whole time and now my kids really need it. So like, it's kind of like teaching your kids multiplication tables, but you didn't learn them yourselves. Like you kind of have to re-educate yourself so that you're on the same page with them. Yeah, like thankfully, like I just have an interest in this stuff. So I'm pretty up (laughs) up to speed on how these things work. And I mean, I use Google Drive for my business. So that's fine, I can understand, but I can see how it could be hard to keep up if, you know, if you don't use it for work or if you're mm-hmm. just not super interested in, in those types of things. But, um, mm-hmm. for me, that's, that's sort of like, I've built almost all my business online with online marketing and online team and virtual assistant and all of those things. So like inherently all of my stuff is all cloud-based and, you know, I use those tools myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, like to see these kids who are seven and eight, you know, and that's just the way that they're being taught. I can see that that might be, uh, be different do you for think, some parents. Do you think that like some people are, cause I'm often surprised at like what professions are finding business online. It seems almost like the hyperbole or what sounded like hyperbole back in like early two thousands and the dot com crashes where like you just go on the internet and you make money. And now it seems like people are starting to kind of like figure that out. So yeah. like, I kind of wanted to jump to your business, if that's okay, like kind of describe maybe yeah. a little bit about how does that exist in an online world? Because you're a nutritionist. So how does I that am. sort of like, how does that translate to like, I don't understand. Help me out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could talk online marketing all day long. Oh, let's do um, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, like for any business, you know, there's, I think that a combination of online and offline, on, 
online and offline marketing is your best strategy, right? Right. Um, but certainly you can build an online presence and you can make connections that way. It's a lot of work and it's a like, it's a lot more touch points for people. Right. Um, typically than if you meet someone in person, it's a little bit different than if I do like, um, a workshop or a trade show, those would be the most common ways that I would meet people offline. Um, that when you really get a chance to really stand in front of someone and look them in the eyes and have a, a conversation that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and with online marketing, it tends to be one to many as well. Right. So it tends to be a lot more touch, a lot more touch points. Um, so it's, you have to have a, a lot more pieces of the machine in place, right. To mm-hmm. bring people in, you know, where you're pulling them in with your free content, and giving them like really like highly valuable, really great free content. You know, you can't be afraid of giving it away. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, and- you're basically like a drug dealer. Like the first hit is free <laughs> and then you want to like pay for more. Like that's a pretty base. That's an age old model. Of, of drug dealing. I get it. It's on the internet now. Interesting analogy. Totally makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little more heart centered. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, some yeah, of those people will, will work with me and, you know, some of them, you know, maybe won't, but maybe I've helped them mm-hmm. anyways, which is fantastic. You're both saying uh, you'll never feel better. This will make you feel better than anything <laughs> in the world. It's the same. I get it. So- the same totally um so yeah like uh webinars Mm -hmm. um digital products um sales funnels you know the sales funnel the tripwire then on and on um i do a lot of streaming so i have like a private facebook community that's Mm -hmm. just value adds for my existing customers and a way for people to get to know me but it's that whole like no like and trust factor right and Mm -hmm. i work primarily on pretty big packages like not just one-offs so that that whole no like and trust factor needs is like it's pretty high right people have to really spend some time warming up and getting to know you and building a relationship um totally doable online it's just a different some of it's a different way of doing it a lot of it is just a different way of like actually connecting with people but the principles are the same right Mm -hmm. like the tools change but the principles are the same whether Mm -hmm. you come and see me in person (laughs) for a talk Mm -hmm. Hi to Sadie. Hi, Sadie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and get to know me that way, or whether you come online and to a webinar and get to know me that way, it's the same idea. Well, right? I think it's interesting how like the world has some some like maybe embrace us a little more. Like we're ready for online relationships, whereas before it kind of like we were all told not to do any of this it's stuff. I shouldn't be talking to you right years now. Ago, right? Yeah. Like when you first started making friends online, however long ago. Yeah, we're was, even there started... was a point where it was weird. I yeah. know. It's not anymore. I stop even actually referring to. I, I've I've gotten a little better. I still refer to every once in a while, like my real my real life friends. <laughs> and it's like that's ridiculous. I talk to some of these people online like more, and even like Skype calls. If that makes it more legit, I'm not sure. But you talk to them like more than some of my family members, like some of my my real friends or people that I've you know are a few blocks away. Yeah. So I always I always think that that's that that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I have a question about, and and just to sort of get a, a, so I get an idea of how you're operating in an online sense, but maybe there's some uh, common misconceptions or misperceptions about nutritionist versus maybe dietitian. So like, what is it exactly that you sort of like offer people in terms of, I joke around saying like, you're going to feel better, but what does that actually mean? Like how, you are, how are, are you helping feel people? Better. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. It's two different modalities, even though they're both using, using food and really like the primary difference is dietitians fit into more of like that allopathic healthcare model, um, where you have like, uh, it's more like sick care, right? Um, oh, okay. for a lot of people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really governed by the Canada Food Guide, which is really politically driven, right? Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's sort of like the same approach for everybody, right? As you, in like lobbyists for like dairy and, and the various right. industries. So like, dietitians are very strictly regulated and they basically need to follow the Canada Food Guide. But what is, it, what is it about it that's politically charged? Oh, the whole concept of the Canada Food Guide. So like for, like they're saying that you should be eating this much dairy or drinking this or consuming this much dairy, this much that's poultry, right. that's how, that, so it's like. Right, that's, so that's not evidence-based. I see, I see, right. Right, right. it's, that's a government, like. Wow. Yes, yes. yes. Are people um, kind of so like, because I, we, you can't even say like the, the pyramid, what was the pyramid, I'm, dr- I'm drawing a blank on the, yeah. the food pyramid. Yeah. Are we, are we letting go of that? Is that like, is that common knowledge? So. <laughs> Because like I don't know if I'm I how much bread it. am I like, supposed to eat today? One person at a time. I'm going to get around to everybody eventually. Okay. Uh, because there's not one best diet for everyone. Interesting. Right. Yep. Your nutritional needs are different than mine, and different than somebody else's. There's not even one best diet for one person for their whole entire lives, right? Like mm. I don't. My yep. dietary needs were not the same when I was a child yep. as they were when I was pregnant, as they are now that I'm middle aged, as they're gonna be in 20 years, right? right? It's it changes, and there's um, like clinical nutritional therapy can be used for a variety of goals. So depending on your own personal health conditions, like I eat a certain way to manage my autoimmune disease, that's not the best mm-hmm. diet for you, right? right. It is not we are all unique, and we go through unique seasons in our life as well, right? So, holy cow, this is so, this is so fascinating because I was literally just thinking about like Lincoln, who's, I'm throwing him his whole milk is 3% milk. And I'm just like, I could never, you know, or even like at some point, um, we all just sort of like maybe work our way to 1% or skim milk or, or other things. And he's eating things that aren't maybe just in different quantities as well. For the most part, he eats mostly what we have, but I'm looking at him and looking at me and like, at some point you're going to be having like just a ton of food. Cause you're just, you're sprouting. Oh, yeah. Like you're yeah. just like teenagers. I mean, he's eating a lot now, but like, I'm just the thing like, they say about teenage boys is true for a reason. Let me yes. show you my fridge. Yeah. So where <laughs> does, where, like, is it, is it every so often? Is there predictable stages within life? You're like, uh, maybe now is a good time to change your diet or have, maybe just ha- like reflect on what or how much you're eating and maybe look to a change. What are maybe some of the signs, if not age that somebody should go, maybe I shouldn't be eating that thing or drinking so much of that or whatever. Well, the best indicator is really always how you feel, right? And so when I start working with a new client, you know, we spend a (laughs) lot of time. I have all of these assessment tools that I use, but really all of what it comes down to is how do you feel? And there's Mm -hmm. different ways of measuring, looking for different imbalances in different body systems, like um, your endocrine system, which is your hormones or whatever the case may be. But a lot of it, it's all based on symptomology. So how do you feel? So if you're not feeling your best, you know, um, with energy sufficient to get you through the whole entire day and mm-hmm. sleep um, and mood and all of those things, then it's time to, to maybe take a look at that and see where we can modify things to help you feel better. Because as a society, I think almost the norm has become people not really feeling that great, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there who are really struggling. So anytime that you're really not feeling your best, then it's time to reevaluate. And obviously with kids, adolescents, puberty, pregnancy, you know, these are times of very specific nutritional needs that last for, a, a, you know, a shorter period of time, but on mm-hmm. balance for adults. Yeah. Um, it's really based on how you feel. You hit on something that that I've definitely I've been fortunate enough to be able to start recognizing in myself in a number of different ways. So um, 
whether physically or emotionally, where you start to recognize like something is off. Like if I'm, if I like physically, if I'm like just kind of sitting a little bit off, like I've sort of started to train myself to think like, I shouldn't be sitting like that because if I do, I'm going to throw up my back or something like that. So I try to become a little bit more sensitive to the physical nature versus like energy and mood and things like that. So I feel like I've gotten a little bit more in touch with that lately, but for somebody who maybe doesn't, cause that is, that is very common. We, we set like a new norm every time uh, we that's buy a new right. pair of pants or right? something, like, or if it's their energy, we're like, I guess I'm just tired all the time. And that's our new norm. How does a society we're very like stretch thin, strung out, unhappy, overtired. Um, and that it is, uh, ex- like it's technically speaking, not normal, although it's extraordinarily common that people, a lot of people don't even really think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. But we're not meant to feel like that. And so I work with people on their whole lifestyle. So it's nutrition and lifestyle. I mean, some of it's mindset, but mm-hmm. things, your sleep, your stress management, these things have a physiological effect on the body. Right. So it's mm-hmm. not just about being happier right? It's about, it affects your hormone balance and things like that. So, Mm. um, home environment, um, everything down to like your personal care products and your cleaning products, um, the whole big picture. So then how does that sort of manifest in your, in your own life and in terms of like a practice, what you preach type of type of deal? Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's a lot of what I share, um, like share online because people love to see those things and to see, see like, I don't spend all day in the kitchen cooking, right? <laughs> and like, yeah, I make some of my own stuff. I'm like, I think I'm becoming famous for what I call like non-Pinterest worthy DIYs. Like <laughs> I, I'm only going to do it if it's really easy and it's sure as hell not cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but things like making my own personal care products and making my own cleaning products to show people how easy it can be, right? I've got four kids. I've got two businesses. I got a lot on the go. I'm not spending my whole life doing these things. Mm-hmm. And it's all just about simple small changes like one thing at a time and I try really hard to make it easy for people right so I'm um I think in wellness we see a lot of these sort of like yoga bodies with the green juice and the zen and like this is not my life (laughs) thank you okay (laughs) I feel better already (laughs) (laughs) that's okay so and um there is, I think, a certain amount of elitism in my industry, right? Mm. I will work with anybody and I will meet you where you're at, right? Mm -hmm. I'll help you find better choices if you tell me you're gonna eat out sometimes. I'm gonna help you find better things that you can buy and if you are actually not gonna make all the things all the time. I really Mm -hmm. work to meet people where they're at because any change that you can make is gonna benefit you and it's it's stepping stones, right? Then you get those things nailed and they become your new normal Mm -hmm. and then people start looking at what else they can fold in. So does that start to trickle into, and I wanna jump to, I promise people listening, we will, I I have a specific question about a game you've been playing very recently. So we'll jump to games in a second, but um, does this trickle down to your kids as well in terms of like how they take care of themselves? Chelsea and I often talk about, not necessarily this in specific, but like more more in general, um, we think Lincoln is going to be ready for most things probably twice as early as we imagine, right? So for example, like, if he's going to be reading in kindergarten, do you read him? Is that when he reads his first book or do you start reading his first book like much sooner? So like, how, how do you start to introduce these are, these are high level evolved lifestyle choices that Mm -hmm. you've come to learn over time as well, but you get to introduce them to your kids just by doing them. So like, how does that sort of like, is, I guess that is it. Is is that how it trickles down to them? That's exactly right. And it was so wonderful to have my oldest go to college last year, moved into residence and not worry. 
I didn't have to worry about him like starving, not eating well, or living off ramen noodles or whatever, because he can <laughs> cook, because this is normal in our house, right? Mm-hmm. He knows how to make, I'd be like, you know, text him on a Saturday, what are you doing? He'd be like, I'm making roast beef and potatoes in my oh, Instant amazing. Pot, right? <laughs> like he's making proper breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, they know how to, um, they prioritize sleep, like he's not pulling all-nighters. My uh, 11-year-old knows if there's a See, there was like some stubborn thing on the kitchen table after he was cleaning. He's like, I'm going to get some lemon essential oil to clean that up. Right? Amazing. Like, yes. No, because this is what they're growing, growing up with. Mm-hmm. And is it just you? Do I get a sense of you? Did you mention your single mom? Yep. How the hell are you doing that? Like you mentioned all <laughs> those things as if like maybe there's somebody like helping you. Like how, how is, okay. How is that working? Well, I mean, they're great kids. <laughs> I'm really lucky. Yeah. Um, and um, I work really hard to like really balance my work and my family life. My family life is my priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got it with the age spread. Like I remember you're going to see, dude. <laughs> I remember when I had two little ones, how crazy it is. It's wonderful and it's amazing, but like it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but four with the spread is like easier than two who are little because my older ones, they're so helpful, right? It's like having two other adults in the house, right? Especially once they can drive. And I like how like you that. downplayed that so well. That was also very Canadian for those who don't know. <laughs> like that was a very Canadian response of like, no, I'm a, like, you should have said like, I'm a rock star. Like I bust my ass <laughs> and I'm working really hard and it's, and it's difficult, but I managed to do it. But no, the kids are great. Very mom, very Canadian mom answer. I love that. Um, so then how do you, okay, especially given that, how the heck do you mix in games into all of this? I, I believe earlier today you posted a, a, um, a screenshot of Divinity Original Sin from your PS4. So what, how do you mix it in and then tell me about this game as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, well, yeah. I mean, this has been something that I've had to learn. So like we learn and then we can teach, right? So my mm-hmm. self-care care game is pretty on point, but it wasn't always that way. Um, but definitely I make caring for myself a priority, whether that is having a bath every day or spending time doing things I like, like playing video games, Mm -hmm. um, or whatever the case may be. Um, so you have to make a conscientious effort. It doesn't just happen. Just like sleep people, you got to sleep. You got to make the time. You have to make it a conscientious decision to go to bed at night. Mm -hmm. Um, but that seems um, like common sense too. Like go to oh, bed. It's, it's like it's like this crazy idea. They're like, wait a minute. Let me wrap my head around that. Like just go to bed. Sleep. Just go to bed, please, mm-hmm. please, people. Just go to bed when you're tired. All the everything, the Netflix, the laundry, it's all still going to be there tomorrow. I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of it is just like very conscientiously designing a life that makes you feel the way that you want to feel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then my kids are older. Like you're in the crazy still. It changes. <laughs> they yeah. they need you less. They become more independent. Yeah. You know, but they get their own shoes on. They make their own snacks. Oh, yeah. And, that's a thing. You know, yeah. th- those days like, yeah. Yeah. Those days are coming for mm-hmm. you. Um, so it's definitely different when they start getting older. And, um, I noticed too, my younger two matured a little bit faster because they have the older ones to keep up to as well. Mm, Right. mm -hmm. So they're pretty, they're pretty mature nine and 11 and quite independent and things like that. And early bedtimes are like secret to success around here. Everyone goes to bed early because I need my time. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go to sleep, but you got to go in your bed. (laughs) <laughs> and, and that's a great Hi. secret that like parents are able to keep from the kids too, that like they think 
like you, you, you say to the kids, like, you need your rest. You need to be like, so that you can wake up tomorrow and have a great day. But it's like, yeah. please just go to bed because I just need to do whatever it is that I need to do. And it's, it is great. And I was just, I was saying to Chelsea today as well, like, I am just amazed at how, like, every day, same time, like, I can pretty accurately count on until, like, Lincoln has, like, a, a change. There was a, sometime in the summer he changed from, like, um, later on in the day, he started to nap a little bit early on in the day. And, but other than that, like, every day this week, boom. 130 out yeah. it's so crazy it's good uh, for everybody mm-hmm. so it's good I mean, for them it's good you take it's your good for us that. right mm-hmm. and so um yeah and then that's my time right so i mean i t- i rarely turn on the television or play a game or something when the kids are around and i'm very careful about the media that the younger two are mm-hmm. exposed to mm-hmm. you know my kids have stricter video game rules than any other kid they know mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> because i know <laughs> right it seems so. to be working though that's um, the nice thing. You can kind of look back and go like, yeah, that was, those yeah. were probably good decisions. Yeah. So then Divinity cool. Original Sin 2, like how is this? This is, I'm, this, I'm so not surprised. excited for this game. It looks so difficult. It looks like it takes a very smart person to play it. So like, <laughs> <laughs> how has your experience been with it? Yeah. Did you play the first one? No, no. I'm a big dum-dum, Miranda. I can't. I got to like shoot oh, things up and everything. I can't. <laughs> well, that's fun too. I like those types of games as well. So this is, um, for those of you who don't know, Divinity Original Sin 2 came out last year on PC. I want to say last September, October on PC, mm-hmm. but it just is coming out for PlayStation on Friday. But if you pre-order, you get 20 hours of early access. So that's Amazing. what I did. So I'm playing it now that continues over so you can play it for 20 hours um so yes i went in i had that like mark do you put releases on your calendar like i got a layer on my google calendar just for game releases (laughs) and i went in last fall to my eb games to get my copy and he was like we don't have it like no 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 like look it's out today and it was only for PC, and I don't PC game. So, mm-hmm. don't and you it, love doing that to them? Like, you know, you tell them. Like, <laughs> no, seriously, I know. Yeah. It happens to me all the time. I go into my EB games and it's like cheers. Like they all, they all know what's in there. <sighs> That's so. the best feeling ever. <laughs> um, so it's just out for PlayStation. Um, I think that's the only console actually. Um, and I played the first one. So this is an RPG, and so it's like isometric, top down, D and D style. So if you're like a D&D player from back in the day or you liked games like Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter Nights, these are some of my favorite games of all time, then you're going to love this game. If you like to turn on the dice rolls and, you know, see your role for initiative and all of those things, this is the game for you. And if you are not into those games, it may be a little much. Okay, so this is one probably really for the people who really love those games. And the first game was... Um, really fun. Um, you know, it had its, you know, some limitations or whatever, but it was great. And I don't even know how many hours it sunk into. Like I must have put a hundred hours in that game and I I never, never finished it. How? Like, I I mean, that's that's the less interesting question. I can't even believe how much game there was in that game. Like that is incredible. Yeah. Man, I don't know why I'm interjecting here because, like, I could honestly, like, I, I need to get you to, like, podcast about games. I could just, I, I was completely captivated. You're just like, let me tell you just a little bit about this Divinity Original. So I'm like, how do I, can, can I play this now, please? Like, that sounds, that sounds incredible. Going back to Baldur's Gate, though, because that is. My favorite game of all time. Is it? Like, okay, yes. I never know if people are going to actually have, I struggle with that question so badly. It's gonna, you're going to get a different question or a different answer from me every time it's asked. Um, but why Baldur's Gate? Obviously, a lot of D&D DNA in there. But like, what was it specifically ah. about that game that like, cut your attention? Maybe okay, timing? so there's, 
Yeah, there's a few things with that. So I started playing it because I like Dungeons and Dragons and it's Forgotten Realms setting, which is what I played campaigns in. So I knew all the areas and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that game was like the first game that really, I mean, I've been playing games since like the Vic 20. I played games when I was a, a kid, even though it wasn't super common for girls in the 70s and 80s. Um, but that was the first game that like really sucked me in. It mm-hmm. was dynamic. You could pick up NPCs in your party and they had relationships with each other. So if their alignments weren't, you know, like complimentary, they had stuff to say to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and your experience would be different depending on the choices that you made, like really genuinely. And I was, oh, my God, dude, I almost lost a job to this game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And at work, there was like six or eight of us all playing at the same time and we would stand around and we all had totally different experiences like mm-hmm. it was just it was mind-blowing it was the first game that was like that so it was a world I loved and it was just this like really like immersive story-driven experience with all the again you can turn on the dice roll if you're into all that stuff and mm-hmm. um and all the NPCs were voiced Right. And so they had dialogue and they talked to each other and they talked to you. So if you're just wandering, you're like walking to the next dungeon. They just like the druid would complain when you went in the dungeon because she couldn't see the sun and she wasn't out in nature anymore. Right. And I freaking love that. I love that you yeah. remember that. When was the last time you fired that game up? Uh, when the enhanced edition came out a couple of years yep. ago. Uh, and I, oh gosh, I don't even know how many times I beat uh, BG2 in particular. Mm. I mean, I probably played five or six times at least. I just feel like I and and I'm I'm trying to address a few of my like black holes in my game. I've got a couple gaps, and one of them is is Kingdom Hearts. I'm trying to play through a little bit of Kingdom Hearts these days. Um, not not the best at it. You, how are you finding it? I'm finding it to be a little awkward, to be honest with you. Like the first one is a a little there's there's some platforming elements in it that I don't think that it's really that strong. Like a lot of role playing games, I think there's certain elements that aren't the best. Even Dragon Age Inquisition, where you could jump for the first time, they're like it was pretty clear that like they'd never really made you jump in a game before. So I found that that to be um, yeah. finding it to be a little bit awkward. But I like D and D to me, and I've talked about this before as well. But I just like. I need some sort of like matrix like download so that like I can just like catch up to everybody because I I also love Baldur's Gate and I honestly don't remember how it came into our household. It was just there. Maybe they were handing it out to everybody who lived in Edmonton because like the guys from <laughs> Bioware just like made it. Um, I'm not really sure, but very interesting. Also, um, the creators of Baldur's Gate with a medical background there. Or um, or Doctor Back the doctors right. made that game, yep. but huge D and D nerds. So Dude. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very, yeah, we're taking over, we're taking over the world. But I had, I had a hell of a time with that game, even though I loved it, and it was similar to the games that I was playing at the time, like Warcraft and Starcraft, and like the real time strategy and the isometric view and the the, the mouse and click and everything. But the D and D stuff, I needed that foundational knowledge of these are two character character types that would work well together, or um, how to use spells right. and, and, and that was melee the advanced Dungeons and Dragons rules, which don't make any sense. Like the, you know, like, like the third and fourth edition have, um, you know, it's almost like the difference between metric and Imperial, right? So the AD and D mechanics, like you just got to memorize them. There's no foundation. They don't really make any sense. So and when you say something like that, then I'm like, well, clearly I should just be <laughs> waiting for this matrix download because I don't know I, how big is the, the AD and D book. I, I did know a friend who had like multiple versions memorized. 
where he would know like like he it's almost like memorizing patch notes between like one version to the next i'm like i don't understand how the heck you're how the heck you're doing that but you have to embrace that at, a, at an early age i think so i'm just i'm just super jealous of everybody else so uh, what else is uh what what else what other path did you kind of take to get from pc to ps4 today like what were what else uh do you have kind of in your gaming history yeah um yeah, so I was definitely into PC gaming for a while, but like when I was younger and before I had four kids, and now uh, when the first Xbox came out, I started making the switch to console because I had mm. a little less enthusiasm in cash flow for upgrading my computer every three and a half minutes and, <laughs> and playing with friends, right? You know, yeah. hours setting up for a LAN party. What version are you? You got to patch up. It. I got to patch down, all that stuff. Um, and then, What kind of rig did you have? Do you remember what kind of PC you had back then? Oh, no. Well, no. I mean, back in the first like online gaming days, I had a Pentium 2. Mm-hmm. And that was like hot stuff at the yeah, time. Man. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, really big into uh, Quake. That was that was my game. Yes. OG Quake. Yeah. Oh, oh the yeah. range. Holy yeah. crap, Miranda. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Killer Quake, Ultimate Quake. So like, but yeah, um, I had, uh, I live in Ottawa and I happened to live in the area that was like the, the pilot for high speed internet. Oh, right. And so, yeah, yeah. So getting all that, all that to work and and doing all of that. So what's your friends uh, like at this time? Like, what is your group like when you're, when you're playing Quake, you're playing a little D and D like what is like paint me a picture of what this what this group is like. This group of nerds are just sitting around land partying it up and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I played online a lot for yeah. sure. Um, and but yeah, my like sort of like original crew from my hometown and stuff. Uh, I played played with them. My friends who are my age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over time, when the first Xbox came out, anyways, I'm like, I'm gonna try this, right? right. And then it's. I mean, it's just so much easier. Everything just works. And once you start mm-hmm. playing games on your couch, um, it's kind of hard to go back. It really is. It really is. And, you know, and then the consoles just keep getting better. And then because of my disability, I have some problems with the ergonomics of PC gaming. So right. I stuck with it for MMOs for a while. Um, I used to run an official fan site for Guild Wars back in the day. Holy crap. Um, and played a lot of Guild Wars. That's a great MMO for like grown-ups because there's no pressure to keep up, right? You can mm-hmm. just play as you like and you're not going to get all out-leveled. Um, but I had I'm so out of touch with that stuff. Problems. I'm like, I didn't even realize that was a problem people faced. I'm like, I didn't know like what challenges were with other MMOs. Oh, the fact that I don't know what I'm doing. It's hard with MMOs because if you have people you play with and they level up and you know you don't play for a while and then you come back, you can't do the same mm. missions and it ceases to be fun at least. Since it's um, a filthy casual. I only know that through like the division and that kind of thing. Like oh, it is very similar in that way. But yeah. division is just like totally underrated. I in my opinion. Like I started like, out of that. I loved it. I love so me a Tom Clancy game. I like that MMO hook. Like mm-hmm. it was a little bit of everything and uh, really great environmental storytelling in that game. I loved it just to walk around and look in the stores and look through people's condos and yeah, yeah something something for everybody. I love even the call out to the Tom Clancy stuff. I like it was Rainbow Six the first Tom Clancy's game. I was it was one of the first that I remember uh, sure playing on PC. Recon came first. I think Ghost oh, Recon the maybe. first Ghost Recon. Mm-hmm. was was before that was it was that on pcs because i played rainbow six on pc back in the day yeah. 
Holy crap. I remember, like, that That would have been the first game that I played anything where, like, the reticle expanded, like, as you ran or, like, as your um, your accuracy was going to be less. And I, I, as a, I'm as like, I don't understand. Why is it, like, this is stupid. I couldn't even see my gun. And you just kind of, like, heard the bullets kind of hit the wall or the ground or whatever. Very, very strange, very strange times. Um, so is it just PS4 for you now? Or do you have Switch? Um, I have, oh, yeah. I've been playing a lot of my Switch this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you play Switch as well? Do you have a Switch? Yeah. It's yeah. all right here. I still, for some reason, ran to have my Wii U set up. And every now and then, I just kind of yeah. like, I just kind of, just, do you, it's, do you it's, anything it's with hanging on. Wii U? Uh, no, never, actually. Well, <laughs> no, except for here. like show people the setup that they can see themselves in the reflection. That's kind of. Very nice. Um, oh, yes. I can't see myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, one of these days, I will fire it up. Maybe I'll play some Super Mario Maker what do you, or something. What are you playing on your Switch? Um, these days I'm playing, uh, Octopath Traveler and, mm-hmm. um, I just picked up Morphe's Law because I just love the, the style of it. Like the kind of the Mexican, almost like Grim Fandango kind of style to oh, it. Oh, I just played, my kids and I just played Grim Fandango a little while Get ago. Get out of here. Yeah. How I played that like game it? it makes when no sense. it first came out, my dad's a huge gamer. Um, and my dad played that game and got me into that game originally. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played some of it together. And when the remastered um, came out for PS4, I picked it up. And it's, all my kids played it. And to see my, like, 9 and 11 and 16-year-olds sit and problem-solve together and get through, like, that's a hard game. They don't make games make like that sense. anymore. And <laughs> I'm like, man, I played it originally. And then I played the remastered. And I'm like, wow, I turned to a walkthrough, like, way before where you guys are. Mm-hmm. They didn't look anything up. That's um, impressive. Yeah, yeah. I love that because uh, I was playing that on my PS4 and then on my Vita and it had like the cross save. So I could go, I could be at home and then oh. I'd take the bus into work and I could just like pick up from where I was. Like that's something that like very few people I feel like talked about. Not, not enough games, I think. And yeah. then at E3, did you see the live table read that Jeff Keighley no. organized? Oh, that we is We watched incredible. it live. They brought out all the cast and they had live music and they did mm. a table read. And it was like, it was one of those like moments so like we were all gathering on the tv like we don't watch stuff live anymore right, right really right. um with the e3 coverage you could get all the streaming on the playstation and we watched this table read and it's like amazing music and great performances and um oh, it was a real family moment like it was it was just fantastic mm-hmm. i remember playing grim fandango for the first time and just like i i like reflecting on the old the old games and just almost wondering like where did we start realizing that the games were good like i just played it because it was silly and fun but Mm -hmm. i didn't even like really think about like how excellent the voice acting was or how the art all came together and the experience of of the whole thing like we we developed a bit better of a vocabulary or an eye for good games versus bad games because for the longest time we just played just awful awful games especially on the and the nes just like some of the worst things ever <laughs> um but instead of going down the rat that rabbit hole i want to jump quickly to the original xbox and talk about a little bit about um your are you on the in the xbox camp now because i did i, I identified something as you were mentioning that how pc players i think jump to the xbox pretty pretty safely like they're, they're like that's yeah. my if i'm gonna get a console it's that one because i know microsoft for some reason this is basically a pc in a giant box with a huge okay. controller reminds me of kind of what they're doing now like i don't necessarily know that they ventured too far on that um does seem like they're blending the worlds of pc and console once again so i'm, all, I'm always curious they're trying. Are, you, are you in do you have an xbox as well or have you kind so of I, just 
Do you have an Xbox One? Um, and like for the last two generations, Xbox has been my actually my only console. This is my first time ever having a PlayStation. Is oh, PS4, wow. mm-hmm. um, and it was a conscientious choice this generation. It seemed like that was going to be the console to get, and I yeah. I I quite love it. Um, but 360 was you know my primary console before that. I do have an Xbox One. There's not really a lot of exclusives, so it's kind of just my Gears of War machine. Like I love Gears of War and. I don't think I played much else on it, to mm-hmm. be honest. How do you, like, man, because like, you're talking about all these D&D, and you got some role-playing games, like Divinity Richardson, Quake, Gears of War. Like, is there, do you have, because I talk a lot about, like, my blind spots in gaming. Do you have a blind spot in gaming? Like, is there anything that you that you don't really play that you kind of just like, eh, maybe not for me? Nintendo. Oh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> um didn't have an nes growing up um like always had a computer and played like pc games um even as a kid um so i don't really have that same like nostalgia for all the nintendo franchises that Mm -hmm. a lot of people have and um so like mario brothers and mario kart and all of those like first party nintendo games not really i'm really glad we left that to uh that question to the end (laughs) (laughs) everybody was Um, having a real great time until that happened but that's i think that's very fair though i'll pick them up and play them if the kids Mm want to play mario kart i will and i have a ds and i have a switch and i happily join in but i'm not like dying to get the next you know, whatever it is that's coming out. Like on my Switch, I'm playing a lot of little indie games and mm. um, not really any first-party Nintendo games. Is there anything on the other consoles that's coming out uh, for the rest of the year that kind of has you excited? Or, like, I can't imagine... I'm just trying to think of, like... I'm coming to the part in, in life, especially with, like, in another baby, where I'm like, these things are incredibly exciting. Spider-Man, I can't wait for. There are so many other games... And I'm like, there's a baby coming in November. Like, how or where or how am I like going to be actually playing any of these games? What, <laughs> no, I've got what... holes in my gaming history too, and I'm like, mm. yeah. I had a oh yeah, that's when the ki- yeah, that's when the kids happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I only played games that you could like only play with one hand, like all all the Uno and <laughs> yes, Uno. That's amazing. So what is 2018? What does 2018 have in store for you that has you excited? Oh goodness. I'm not even sure. What are we even getting this year? Um, I mean, like, Red Dead, really, the big like, ones are Red Dead. Seriously, Waiting for Divinity has been, like, I know it's not the most popular game, but that's the one that's really been uh, on my radar. And I still haven't played God of War, so mm-hmm. I need to pick pick that up um, and play that. Um I'm in a similar boat. I don't mean to put you on the spot. It's, it's just one of those things because I was um, Divinity was actually the reason that I asked about that because you could be playing that for the next four years. You know what I mean? Like there are some of these like just giant games, endless games, or even endlessly replayable that you can well, just Detroit, like. Right, I could blow through Detroit. Mm. I'm on my second playthrough, and I could play that. I could see at least another time You're or chilling. two. That's awesome! Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. That game was that game blew my mind. Like mm-hmm. absolutely incredible story, so moving. Um, like I have never been so happy, scared, excited, emotional. Like. I cried so hard playing that game. I had to turn my console really? off and step away the whole day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's man. The narrative, the motion capture, the performances. It's mm-hmm. like this beautiful movie that you get to direct. I got to get, I skipped that one. It came out just after God of War, right? I think God of War was April and then December, or sorry, uh, it was uh, Detroit May. was May. It came out in May. Yeah. That was a I problem could for me. I put it down. Not really a game, more of an experience. Sure. Um, 
and, but like really amazing narrative. Really, the performances are just absolutely incredible. Like mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Yeah. So there was a lot of really beautiful, um, beautiful moments that I got. I felt really connected to the characters and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and yeah. So like happy ones, sad ones, all, all the feelings. It was, it was really great. Do you ever get like this? Because I, I think I suffer from this a little bit. Do you ever get like a fear of missing out when like because you consume a lot of the similar content that I do in terms of like video game stuff and we're all on the same Internet. So we're all seeing all the different games. You've got the calendar, uh, the release calendar in your Google calendar. So like but with limited time, you're single mom, four kids, two businesses. God knows what else that you're not telling me today. <laughs> uh <laughs> And with with limited time to play games, like you, you do have to be choosy. So I'm always curious yeah. how people sort of like, that's really what I mean when, when I ask, like, how do you do it is kind of like, how do you, um, so like, how about Morphe's Law, which is this silly Nintendo multiplayer game. I'm like, why aren't I playing Dead Cells? Or why aren't I playing like four or Why five have I played other? 50 hours in Fallout Shelter again this summer? I don't know. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Oh, see, I just, I should just like say things. I'm going to discover new amazing things about Miranda tonight. Uh <laughs> So, like, do you, is that a thing? Is that, like, the, the fear of missing out? Like, knowing that there are games or maybe you, you are able to turn a blind eye? How, how does that work out for you? It's hard, eh? I yeah, mean, you yeah. have to kind of make a, a choice sometimes about, like, for time, for budget, for whatever it is, um, particularly when we go through these little seasons of releases, right? It's nice the last few years. I feel like they've been really stretched out instead mm-hmm. of getting all hammered at the same time of year and then having a big drought, which yeah. is sort of how video game release cycles used to work. They are definitely more staggered. Like, although, like, we're all going to have to book off February of next year, apparently. apparently. Like, that's when everything's coming <laughs> off, just like... The whole mind. And March, too. It just, um, gosh, there was a couple games that were just announced. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 and um, The Division 2, I think, are both yeah. in March. So, yeah. And that's right after Anthem, which is February 22nd with Crackdown 3 and uh, Days Gone, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. See, this is, yeah. all those are right in here. I, Chelsea gives me, like, a grocery list, and I, like, totally forget to, like, pick up, like, lettuce. And it's like, I have a list! Like, just get what's on the list. So, I don't know what's wrong with my brain sometimes. I have major lapses where I'm like, I don't even know how I ended up here. That's a whole, <laughs> that's that's a whole other story. That's called parenthood right there. Apparently. Yeah. apparently. Well, now I have the excuse. Yeah. That was always there. Now I just have the excuse. <laughs> Pick my, and choose, right? Like, yeah. I felt like, I, you know, I'd log into my PlayStation, see how everybody's playing God of War, and everybody's sharing screenshots, and everybody's getting achievements. And I'm like... <sighs> I still got Detroit to play again. I was moving and it's still going to be there in the mm-hmm. fall, you know, mm-hmm. but it's hard mm-hmm. yeah, because I do. And <sighs> I like to talk about games too. So like, I like to get on Twitter and, you know, chat with people who are talk with my friends who are fun when we're all playing the same game at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. To, to be able to have those conversations, but sometimes you just have to take a pass or mm-hmm. wait Miranda, you know. I, I haven't done this in a while. This used to be kind of like my thing that I would do with everybody who came on and they're like talking about the games that they love. And I was always like, do this more. I haven't done this in a while. When okay. can we announce your new, your brand new video game podcast that you didn't know you were doing until this moment that I'm telling <laughs> you right now? Like, when do we get to like hear more Miranda talk about video games on a regular, semi-regular basis? Like, have you, is this something that you would want to do? Um, well, I mean, I definitely enjoy talking about these things for Heck sure. Yeah. Um, and I love to, um, you know, I'm grateful to have an opportunity to talk to somebody interesting like you about things that I love. Uh, 
and um yeah you're definitely absolutely. coming back on well at least at least okay. that you're, you're definitely coming back on this show because uh there's so much more of either the the gaming history or whatever you're playing now yeah. i could just like i like to break down a game too especially yeah. like i'm really drawn to games with a story right mm-hmm. whether it's an rpg or whether it's gears of war like um uh, but i can i can really nerd out and deconstruct a narrative you know until people's eyes glaze over (laughs) i love it and even like you pick out like gears of war of all the things like where do you because i'm i'm very excited where gears 5 is going of what they've shown this is i don't know when that i think they maybe said 2019 that's about as much as we have at this moment um i was not a huge fan of gears 4 i was a massive fan of gears of the original trilogy and i will i will always remember picking up the first gears of war as i i think that was a moment where i was starting to get like really hardcore back into games from like back when in in mid 90s big into pc games i had like a pc gamer uh subscription and just wanted to have all the things i remember thinking like i can't wait to get my resolution up to 800 by 600 with my 3d (laughs) fx graphics card like just completely nerding out and then kind of getting into high school i'm like "Eh, maybe i'll just back off the nerdiness a little bit and just like see if i can either study or like maybe give a girl a high five one time that would be kind (laughs) of sweet um and then coming back into the 360 in my college years and picking up this gears of war i'm like i think i heard a thing or two about this i think this is supposed to be good like let alone one of the most important titles to the 360 yeah so very important series i guess is what that ramble is all about um but not a huge fan of four but i'm stoked to find out uh what's going on with five what was the breaking a little bit of the the character magic for me like yeah i love those games because i love a good story but like i also love shooting guys in the face and trying to chainsaw (laughs) guys in half right like there's a certain type of fun experience right there and it had both it was like like i love action movies it had that same kind of um but i felt really connected to those characters even though it's a shooter right right and that's for me where four was missing that character connection and you know it's just like the first episode of a tv show is never the best like i really feel like we need to just give it some space to get to know those characters and hopefully that that's going to gel a little bit more in the mm-hmm. in gears five it's like a spin-off isn't it it's kind of like going from cheers yeah. to fraser kind of thing you're like wait a minute did we really need a freight did we need to find out what <laughs> fraser is all about and then you kind of go like cheers what fraser is pretty good like right the dog his dad. Analogy. yeah yeah Heck yeah yeah. So maybe this is, yeah, maybe this is kind of like the second season into it. Um, it did seem like a little too, like for me, Gears needs to be like very, uh, just dirty and like in the, in the, in the mud and just it's gritty. And that one was a little too polished for me. Even the enemies of like the robots, the DVs yeah. and everything it was just a little too yeah. sheen. So it does seem if they, if they're going along uh, with these characters, it would be very different with, um, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Kara, maybe something like that. Cut. I don't know. Anyways, I can't wait. I'm stoked. Yeah. They think they've they had a really nice reveal. Um, Gears Four, I don't think ever had a good preview to it on E3 uh, mm-hmm. before it came out. So I think, it was Gears, Gears, Gears. This E3, I'm so excited because oh, I, I, I like strategy oh games. And like yes. myself and my 16 year old play that, and oh my god, pop figure mobile game. Like, there's my wallet. Just mm-hmm. it's all over for me. <laughs> yeah, just open, yeah. take all the money, take all the money. They're like all of my favorite things put together gears of war pop figures and and mobile games like i love yeah. it oh man i haven't talked about gears in forever this is hilarious this is awesome um miranda we're about that time i'm gonna be um, welcoming my parents over in just a second as well nice. so just in you know parent life where you're just like 15 minutes you get to chunk out your day and like okay well this is my morning is this and my mid morning is this and yeah it's a very strange way to schedule a day 
can you um do you want to share where you we can find you on the internet and uh maybe people can send some appreciation for you being on the show or all, any of that stuff oh thanks if you want to talk about games and other cool stuff you can find me on twitter at hotel queen why what's that about what's the hotel queen about <laughs> so when i first started gaming online uh i was a hotel manager in my previous career and mm. that was uh, you know and then I was sitting there with the pressure of like you got to put in a name and that's what it was and that's what it still is yeah, that's like me and my PSN name, which we won't talk about. So uh, thank you so much for, <laughs> thank you for, for being, by the way, yeah, no, I shouldn't even dwell on this because we're absolutely not becoming friends on PSN until I can actually change it. So I'm very sorry about that. We'll be friends on Xbox or anything else you like on Steam is oh, totally Oh, that fine. sounds like a good story. It's now you awful, have to tell us. definitely not happening. And everybody who, who knows this right now can uh, understand the sweat that's happening here. So I'm just <laughs> yeah, gonna, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> definitely not happening. Um, thank you so much for being on the show Miranda this has been amazing I really really appreciate it I enjoyed uh, talking with you it's a privilege to be here I really enjoy your show so thanks for having me on and uh, you are a fun and positive guy to talk to you I love it There's this weird thing that happens at the end of every conversation. Well, not everyone, but every so often. Um, because I am now recording the show mostly over Lincoln's nap time, if Lincoln is like stirring or awake or or if something else is at the tail end of that conversation, normally what I would really like to do is actually just stay on the call and just like chat it up because like what a great hour that I have with the guests and especially in this case with Miranda and at the very end like where you guys like where the conversation ended it may have been like another minute two after two minutes after that and I always feel horrible about that Miranda I just like if you're listening I really appreciate your time I really appreciate you and I thought that was an amazing conversation I hope that we get to chat again very very soon we'll be in your province next week as I mentioned talking with the game and moose podcast guys uh, out in toronto not in ottawa ottawa by the way shout out to capital of canada that sounded weird to say we not, almost never talk about that anyways this is i'm ruining the moment miranda thank you so much guys please follow her send all your positive thoughts and thank and gratitude to her at a hotel queen uh, all one word hotel like the place you say queen like the Elizabeth, uh, the music <laughs> introducing it. How could I not choose a Final Fantasy X song from OC Remix? It's Via. That probably makes sense to some of you guys out there. Thank you guys for listening, subscribing, sharing, ringing the bell at YouTube.com/slash We The Nerdy. This show will continue to be on We The Nerdy. I stream at Twitch.tv/slash Sean Capri. But this show, We The Nerdy, is how it all happens. It's all. I mean. I'm always, I'm grateful for a lot of things in life. I'm grateful for We The Nerdy for giving this platform and the show and the silly name that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and Andrew Semichek, of course, for just allowing this to happen. It's amazing what happens when you have people in your life that just sort of like say, yes, you have an idea, go with it. Just run with it. And Andrew trusted me with this silly idea a long, long time ago in a galaxy pretty much where we live. So... Thank you to Andrew. Guys, please consider supporting myself on patreon.com slash makeisbetter as well as the Cole crew 
at PSVG, uh, Mark Carabin at Warp Whistle, and the guys at Nintendo Nostalgia, and Joseph at Bad Big Games. It is the best Patreon on the internet because it supports a whole slew of indie content. So go over there, and I want to express gratitude and thanks to Adam Leonard and Gary Gray for drawing the things, and to Antonio Guillen for making the video look amazing. Otherwise, this is episode 168 of We The Gamer Cast. It's now in your ears. I hope you're back next week because I'll be there too. Now it's time for Jason. Jason. I almost ran out of time, but I got it. All right, bye. Jason! 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 Sean! Sean! Sean, where are you? Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!